friends and welcome to your midweek edition of the Kings of Anger Ipswich Town podcast. It's a big show today. There's a huge game to build up to tomorrow night at Portman Road, 28,000 plus against Derby County live on Sky TV, of course. But before we get to that, and Mark Heath, Andy Warren, Stuart Watson all here to break that down. Rossi will be joining us later. Before we get to that, though, boys, big news on Monday night. Ipswich Town found out who they're going to be playing in the next round, the first round, excuse me, of the FA Cup. And it's a big one. Finally, after all these years... We've got an interesting FA Cup draw. Ipswich Town will travel to Bracknell Town, which is step three of, of football. Um, a, a fascinating, fascinating game. And I'm very pleased to say we've got a very special guest today. And that's Kane SB, the owner of Bracknell Town. He's, he's given us some time. Probably the busiest man in the country at the moment. Um, but I'm going to bring him in now and we can have a little chat with him about the game. So here we go. Kane, how are you? Very well, very well. Yeah, Thanks right. for... Um, I don't know if I'm the busiest man in the country at the moment, but uh, it's certainly um, we're certainly getting our five minutes of fame, that's for sure. I can imagine. So by way of uh, kicking this off, Kane, we, there were some great videos during the rounds of, of the reaction when, when Ipswich Town and Bracknell were put together out of the hat, as it were, on Monday night. Can you take us back to that? How did you feel, first of all, when, when Town came out of the hat? You knew that you were going to be hosting Ipswich Town. And what's your week been like since? Because as I say, I'd imagine it's been pretty mad. Yes, you know, I think, I don't know if it's, a bit of ignorance on our part, but you know, b- before the draw, everyone had the kind of the big draws. Like everyone was saying Sheffield Wednesday, Derby, and I don't know why, but Ipswich was never, it wasn't mentioned. I don't know, like our fans not kind of highlighted Ipswich as a potential team we could draw. But when they come out of the hat and you kind of then instantly think, well, former Premier League club, UEFA Cup winners, yep. you kind of realise, and so then you hear this, you kind of go and do your, you remind you remind yourself of some of the huge players that have played for for Ipswich. You realise it's, it's you know it doesn't get much bigger. Um, so it was one of the, it was a team. That, so when it came out, it was you know you saw I think everyone's seen the footage. Just the um, the excitement of being able to host a former Premier League club. Um, so yes, yeah, massive. It, it, it's massive. And then since then, if random like some of the people that have contacted me. That have known me since I was a kid. Um, people, <laughs> the most random one was uh, my mum used to childmind for a family that now live in Ipswich, and one of the kids she childminded um, is a is a manager of a non-league club in Ipswich. <laughs> it's like just the most random of random people coming out from here, there, and everywhere. And there's, I've just become, you know, bizarrely uh, popular, and that's not a normal thing for a chairman of a non-league football club locally. You're normally not. Not very popular. Um, all of a sudden, I've got friends. So uh, yes, uh, it's uh, it's interesting. It's very very interesting. But it's um, it's kind of trying to trying to keep up with the the um, unbelievable um, request, the number, the volume of requests I'm getting at the moment for for tickets um, is is kind of overwhelming. So it's uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind the last uh, two days. Um, yeah, it's been been immense. I can imagine. So Ipswich Town come out, you know you're going to be hosting Ipswich Town and then it's the logistics of actually putting the game on. Yeah. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? We've got, have we got a date confirmed? It's, it's Monday, November the 7th, isn't it? That's, that's the date. Yeah. That's, that's um, so we, we had some pretty high level um, meetings yesterday with the Thames Valley police and our local council. And I mean, it's 99% sure it's going to be, um, the, the Monday, um, the TV are doing their audit of our ground on Monday, this uh, Monday coming. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've gone, we're going, we're doing ourselves this Saturday, our game based on it being the Monday. Right. And I can't see much changing that at the moment. So I don't think it's, it's not got the official, you know, the, the hundred percent, but I can't see much. There's no other date that's been talk, talked about with us by all the official um, organizers and coordinators. Okay, and it's it's going to be on TV. We're thinking ITV four. Did I see? I believe sound so, of it? Yeah, ITV yeah. four. Yes. And in terms of um, the capacity of the ground, it, it's just under two thousand. Is it? Is that? It's, is that... Well, actually, it's three thousand. Right. Um, but we've got a safety audit on Friday. We're edging, we're kind of edging on the side of caution, in as much as I think. Um, for this event, it's going to be somewhere between two and three thousand. We've got to um, we've got to take the advice of the the expert um, that's that's going to come in and do the audit on Friday. But I think he's going to put it at somewhere between two and three thousand. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's going to be somewhere, somewhere there, somewhere there or thereabouts. And in terms of demand for tickets, there's, I mean, everything we've done on this game so far has has been massively consumed by Ipswich Town fans. I think they're really kind of caught up it's a proper FA Cup game yeah. and there's a lot yeah. of them want to be there but in terms of how many can be there what's the allocation likely to be I think at the moment we've got to give you 15% of the um so I think initially I think on Friday we're sending you tomorrow we're sending you 300 tickets in the first instance I think there'll be more um what we hit traditionally do is sell all our tickets online but we can't do that for this so we've had to kind of put a bit of a ring fence around how we're doing it so we are um we're going to be um basically selling tickets in the first instance to our fans that are in our ground at our game on saturday so again on that front we've got to be we've got to prioritize our season ticket holders so they're going to be given the first opportunity to buy tickets on saturday in the ground at 11 o'clock and then following that it's people that have been to our recent games and then following that it's kind of going on general sale to local people that can get to our ground so we're kind of saying i think that's a bit of a test as well we've got to if you come into our game on saturday you get an opportunity to buy a ticket so that's the kind of fairest way not to because everyone wants tickets and 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 our priority is to make sure our youth players get tickets our season to golders our loyal fans that travel away with us week in week out and by the way you know we regularly get only 500 fans so as a club we are recently, we've only just been promoted to step three, but when I took it over, it was kind of a club that was bouncing from step six to five. So it didn't, I mean, it literally, I remember when I first took over, we had about 30, 30 fans and a dog watching us. So we weren't very well, we weren't very well supported, but it's kind of grown. Um, COVID didn't really help that. But um, <laughs> on the back of that now, we're up to about 500. So we're not one of the best supported step three sides. But from where we were, only a few years ago, it's grown mm. massively, massively. And on the back of this, it'll grow grow and kick on again. Can you talk a bit about that, Stu? I know that was something you were particularly interested in, about the, the history of the club and your recent success. Um, do you want to come into? <clears throat> yeah, when did, when did you take over, Kane? Because I was looking at um, your league finishes of recent years, at second, 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 and then first. So yeah, it's so been a real upward yeah. trajectory for you. So there's a okay. So there is my family, well, my wife's family, the McClurgs and the Bradleys. They've built the club over the last fifty years. And when I say built the club, I mean physically laid the bricks, built the cl- old clubhouse at our former site, 
and um, so in my family, so my wife's family, her her father, Steve McClurg, who's our president, um, he always was on the footballing side. And then my wife's nan the, was from the Bradleys. They'd done the kind of the operational side of the football club, run the bar, run, you know, they used to run the cafe on the old site. So it was kind of a, um, the McClurg name in Bracknell is like a, a football dynasty. That is the, they, they're, they're very much the McClurgs and the Bradleys. Mm. Uh, and now the Steinborn Bussers, um have a long history but myself and my wife actually stepped in sadly in 2005 well the, the bradley's that, that done the back end sadly her, her aunt and uncle passed away in the 2000s and with lots of clubs of our level with the smoking ban coming in it was a kind of it used to be a bit of a, um, a social club really more of a social club than a football club if, if that makes sense but um that that wasn't successful let's put it that way and and sadly the club found itself in 2015 really looking down the the the, the barrel of a gun and, and and really was facing it was at the end of its it come to the end of its natural life um and we had to do something pretty drastic it, it had no fans it was getting relegated and it was pinging back between step five and step six and it actually come back up to step five on a technicality we had a good good ground and we were allowed to come back up because of our ground. I think we finished, we certainly didn't finish in a position that, that it wasn't for football reasons we'd come up. It was more for the infrastructure we had at our ground. So we come back up to step five. And when I stepped in, in around August, I started to get involved in around the August of 2015. Hmm. We were now to the bottom of the league up until that Christmas. And then I just said to the people in charge, some family members, look, if I'm going to get involved, I am going to take full responsibility and I'm going to take the club over fully. And I'd done that in around January 2016. So myself and my wife cleared the debts. In the first wave, we invested about £1.6 million into that ground and we built a 3G. And then we basically, the, the journey journey began and we, uh, we, we started to push the club forward and... Um, I think, you know, we got promoted. Uh, well, we, in our first kind of full season, we came runners up. We didn't go up that year. But then in the second year, we went up to step four. And in our first year at step four, we got in the playoffs. Um, and then our second attempt, COVID hit. Um, so the season null and voided. But we were up there. We, we were going to we were going to get promoted. Um, and then we had the second season of, of null and void. So we kind of, we stagnated through them COVID years at, at step four, but really we were primed and ready to go to step three. And then last year, our first full season, again, out of lockdowns and in, in the full run, we um, we finished, I think it was 20 points clear at the top of step four. We, we absolutely smashed it. And um, mm. we come up to step three. And um, we it, this year we've uh, we've recently changed our manager. And again, talking about the McClurg name, the dynasty of the McClurg name, our manager's gone off to um, a conference south side Weymouth. And I brought in my wife's cousin, Jamie McClurg, former player, former mascot, actually, of Bracknell Town. <laughs> first. He was a mascot back in his uncle's day, my wife's dad's days of Steve McClurg's era. Um, Jamie's been a mascot. He's been a player. He's um, he's helped get us promoted in the past. 
He's gone away to a local rival, Binfield, and kind of got his management badges and his experience. He took Binfield to the FA Vars, I think, last year or the year before, at Vars final at Wembley. Um, and he rejoined us as joint manager with Carl Withers, who's also a former player. So we've, um, again, the McClurg name, it's, it's, it's absolutely um, kind of intertwined in our history. And mm. it couldn't be more fitting that, that um, Jamie McClurg is one half of our management duo that's going to be kind of leading the team on, on that day. It's going to be a special night for not just the town, but for, for my family. When I say the family, the family is the SBs, the McClurgs, the Bradleys. Although the Bradleys aren't actively involved as much now, they are through default through, I suppose, my, my father-in-law, um, his mum is a Bradley and she's still with us. So uh, I'm sure she'll be there on the night kind of um, representing the Bradleys. And hopefully a few of the, a few of the others will come out. Um, but it's very much, like I said, if, if you go into Bratnell, the McClurgs are the football name. Mm, mm. So when you took over uh, back in 2015, you say there had obviously been struggles, 30 people yeah. at games, that kind of thing. If someone yeah. had said to you, Kane, in, in seven years, your club will be hosting former UEFA Cup champions, former FA Cup yeah. winners, Ipswich Town. What would you have said? Well, people that know me will know that in my mind, well, I set out, I, I will turn Bracknell into a professional football club. So that was my vision. So mm. um, some people that are very close to me will, won't be surprised that we're facing Ipswich in this game. Um, people that don't know me in the town will be surprised. But listen, if you're around me, you, that ultimately I don't wake up in the morning to lose. That's simply, I wake up every day to win in whatever I'm doing. So, you know, when I took over the responsibility of, of and you know, if you go look look through since I took ownership of, well, I took over and I've become the owner of Bratnell, although it's a, it's a million miles off the history and the kind of the, the highs that you guys are used to at Ipswich, People knew that um, my vision for the club and how I operate, I just, I, I win in. I wouldn't be involved in football if, it, mm. you know, simply, I, the minute I stop wanting to win, I will not be the owner of Bratnell Town. Simple as that. So, my, where we are now at step three, I don't want to be there for very long. And I, sh right now, I, in my plan, I it, we're behind where we wanted to be because of the two years of lockdown. I wanted to be in and around Conference South now, knocking on the door of the Vanarama. That's mm. where I want to take Bracknell. Mm. Um, I want them to be a full-time professional club in in, in the Vanarama. And this game, this game can kind of help you towards that, can't it? In terms of the finances, what 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 will this game mean to you in 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 the kind of business yeah. finance terms? Yeah. Okay, so we as a group, the SV Sports and Education Group that owns Bracknell and Sanders Town Football Club, mm. it was forecasted to lose £180,000 this year. So to put it in perspective, off the back of two years of the two COVID years and coming into last year, we're on a we're in a recovery state at the moment. We are we're behind on our so we as a sport and education group, we bring players in from overseas to study. Um and that is what generates our revenue as a group. So we can't rely upon tickets. We can't rely upon shirt sales. We can't rely upon TV revenue. None of that exists down where we are. So we simply, we, we as a group, 
we um, we educate 16 to 23 year olds, and that's either doing um, NCFE, BTECs, or A levels, or degree courses. And our students come from as far as wide as California, uh, Florida. We've got players from Ghana, Uganda, Botswana, um, countries where they see value in a UK education. So they come in from overseas. And fundamentally, we, we board and house students from around the world. Now, with two years of not being able to get out and do recruitment around the world, that's, that's hurt our business model massively. So mm. as a business, we kept going through COVID. There's, there was no, in a pure business sense, it, we, as a football club, we didn't make money for two years. So really, we should have shut the doors and never reopened. And again, coming in this year, and it's funny, I've done an interview two weeks ago, and it's going out tonight on BBC South about the challenges that we face. You know, this year alone, we face cost increases across the board on everything, fertiliser, electric, gas, just everything to operate this year has just gone through the roof. So, yeah, on the back of two years of being closed, we were set to, to lose about £180,000 in this financial year. So this game will hopefully bring us back to i would like to think we could break even this year on the back of this game so that's how big it is for us you know that that it, that really could get us back it, it was going to rely upon the the generosity of my wider group and fundamentally myself and my wife have kept mm. the club afloat for the last two years and we would have kept it afloat this year and we we we've supported it we, we've invested upwards of six million in the last two or three years in infrastructure, building a new ground, building a training ground, and supporting the losses because of COVID. So it's been a massive, um, monumentous task by me and my family to keep it going. But we simply failing, like failing under our ownership wasn't an option. So mm. we wouldn't, you know, like I said, the easiest thing would have been just to turn the lights off during COVID because it was just completely unsustainable. And that's not just us, that's all clubs, every club. There's not a club in this land um, that will in the, in the non-leagues that will not be finding it hard right now. It, it's it's really really difficult. So you know I can I get it when people say oh you, you you're uh, profiteering you're you're you know you're charging twenty five quid for this game. Well, we have to try and make as much money out of this game as physically possible hmm. for, for a few reasons. Well, the ticket price for one, we actually won't make too much on the tickets because. There's going to be a policing cost that we wouldn't normally be used to. There's going to be a stewarding cost that we definitely wouldn't be used to. You know, we wouldn't be having our stewards normally with volunteers. For this event, We that's not going to float. We're going to have to have um, external stewarding that's going to come in. And just the kind of the, you know, the when Ipswich travel for FA Cup games, it's their... It's their right. I think they requested it straight away. I think the first email we got is just to say that we, you know, we, we, in FA Cups, the, the tickets before you split the gate 50-50. So we have to split the gate with Ipswich Town. Um, mm -hmm. So they get 50% of the proceeds after cost. So a, a, a reasonable cost is your stewarding, your policing. The things to put the game off are deducted at source. Ipswich travel from and two-hour ground is deductible, and their overnight stay in a hotel, I believe. Well, they've, they've requested an overnight stay in a hotel, so that's that's all comes out of the the gate before we split. So they're normal things, and I've seen a bit some some of the chatter on on, on Twitter. People don't get 
the kind of the, the finer minutiae, but they're, they're legitimate mm. uh, deductibles from the gate that uh, Ipswich Town are fully entitled. And I'd imagine as well, Ipswich, have, you know, they're not a, they shouldn't be operating in Division One. I would imagine they also have their own financial challenges mm. from operating at that level. Although I'd imagine that the fact that you get such huge gates helps bridge that that pain. But I'd imagine that the chief exec, the chairman of Ipswich, they also have their their struggles keeping a club as big as yours alive down in league one because you shouldn't really be there no that's true um boys we've only got a couple more minutes with with kane is there anything you particularly want to ask i've i've got one final question which i want to i want to finish on but is there anything you want to you want to ask him boys can you give us a little guide around around the ground what um what the fans that are able to get tickets can expect what 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 you've got there and probably a lot of people want to know what beers you've got on tap in the in the clubhouse in the clubhouse <laughs> they're not going to less they're going so the clubhouse is going to be for hospitality um that we're going to have a, a champagne reception canapes uh, as Roy Keane would put it the prawn sandwich the golden <laughs> Um, so they're, sadly, they're not going to be able to get a draft beer on the night. The draft in our marquees that we're going to have set up to make sure that we can serve people, they're going to be um, cans and plastic bottles. So what they're going to be, I don't know at this point, but they're going to behind our clubhouse is going to be a big marquee, and at the top of our ground is going to be another marquee. Um, so one thing I can say is food-wise, we've got. Um, a local company called Wings and Tings that that uh, are going to be there on the night doing wings, and we've also got a German sausage company because I'm German, half German. Um, so we're going to have a German sausage company as well. So we're going to have some good food vendors in the ground, and we'll have—I'd imagine—we'll also have some good local um, special bottled beer as well on the night so um we're going to try our best to look after our local vendors we're, mm. we're subbing out our two bars because that's not our forte we're kind of used to catering for um 500 people so we're going to a local pub the admiral cunningham there's a local um they do festivals so they're going to come and run our our marquees on the night to ensure that we can um, look after everyone that's in the ground as best as possible are you going to have to segregate fans? Do you think? I did see somewhere not, suggestion. I don't think you, your fans need to be segregated. I think the fact that you, the ones that are going to be lucky enough to get one of them tickets, I guess, are season ticket holders that are triple gold that go to all the games that are vetted. I'm not segregating. I don't. That's we don't need to segregate our fans. And mm. from all the messages I've read online, you don't have any issue at all with your fans so my my desire is not to segregate that'll be great that's almost like a, almost like a rugby crowd that's, um, yeah, that's that'll be, that's that'll be brilliant thing. yeah that's that's um that's i that's the spirit and that's what i fully expect on the night it's going to be a family um a family event and it's a monday night if it was a saturday where people could get in early and drink maybe but i, I don't think there's going to be a massive drinking culture on a monday night so i don't we don't want to segregate and we want to have it as open as possible to your fans and our fans. That's the spirit of the FA Cup, right? This, mm. this, is, a, this is a family night where you can come in and, and see what it's like down in the down in the lower echelons of non-league football. And then you can realise how lucky you are <laughs> right up at the heady height of the, the, well, you should be a championship, if not a premiership club. But, um, you know, it, uh, we definitely don't want to segregate that. Going to be a special night. Stuart, any more from you? 
Just before Mark asks the killer question, I, I see you've got a trip to Truro scheduled for two days later after this, down down in the depths of Cornwall. You, is that is that still on? Is that that gives um, an idea of your fixtures? It's still on now, but the minute this goes green, this this fixture at the moment, like I said, it's ninety nine point nine percent. Like I said, until it absolutely gets one hundred percent confirmation, we can't do any of our other rescheduling either side of this game. So I don't think we will be going to Truro on the Wednesday night. I think our league should look after us. Um, but you know, we did play, we had the draw on Monday night and we were playing on Tuesday night against Hayes and Yedin. So, you know, um, but I hope common sense will prevail and we don't have to travel all the way down to Truro because whatever happens on the night, win, lose or draw, we want to enjoy that Monday night. So, and I want my players and my staff and everyone to enjoy that Monday night. So hopefully they don't make us travel, but if they do, we, we will, and we'll, we'll, we'll prepare for the Wednesday night down in Truro. Okay, Kane, one final question then. It's the obvious one. You've, you said you're a winner. You want to win come Monday, the 7th of November. It's which town at Bracknell. Yeah. I can give you the choice now between winning on the night, which would be without doubt one of the biggest upsets in FA yeah. Cup history, or getting a replay back at Portman Road and the, the kind of financial benefits that would bring as well. You don't even need to finish the question. We, Tell me. We win. That's it. Simple. People will say you're stupid, but, you know, any and every game of football and I used to play football I used to play rugby I'm more of a rugby player believe it or not but I've never ever any game any level no matter what the opposition big small simply we set up and we go to win no matter what now I know the expectation is you're at league one side you're much 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 bigger than us you absolutely should beat us and it's a travesty if you do not. But we not we're not setting up to do anything other than win that game of football. Why would you? You might as well not turn up. If you've got a mindset of anything else, there's no point turning up. Fantastic. So, yeah, I don't know it. if you know anything about the history of Ipswich Town and the FA Cup, but in recent times... Uh, I've read it. Again, it, again, it, is, uh, it is not good. I, I've <laughs> last, seen televised. Televised. Yeah. You don't the like televised games? <laughs> the last non-league side they played, they put them out on TV. So... There's a precedent for you. Um, Kane, thank you so much for your time. I, I appreciate you're a very, very busy man. Yeah. Um, best of luck with all the build-up. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we'll speak to you again before then. And on the night, obviously, yeah. it's going to be a special oh, special. Yeah. I'd love to come on again as we get closer to the uh, closer to the game. Superb. Best of luck with it all, Kane. And thanks, thanks, thanks again for your time. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Kane. Cheers. Bye. Bye. There we go then, boys. That was interesting, wasn't it? What a nice guy. And, and what a good guy. As I say, probably one of the busiest men in the country at the moment, outside of uh, whatever's going on at Downing Street. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of that then? Well, I didn't realise it was such a kind of family-run, orientated club. That was really nice, wasn't it? I'd back him in Downing Street at the moment, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> he seems in control of what he's doing a little bit more. Yeah. But, I mean, the things we take away there, not segregating the fans, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Really nice kind of atmosphere there. What a night it's going to be. We haven't actually spoken ourselves about the draw because it is a classic FA Cup first-round draw, isn't it? It's the sort of thing we've not had at town for a long time. You've got a minnow, with all due respect, and a, and a giant, David Werther's Goliath, at the minnow. That's what the FA Cup's all about, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What... What have Ipswich had in League, League One? Coventry, they've played in the FA Cup. They've played Lincoln in the FA Cup in it since they've been entering at round one. This is and Barrow obviously happened. This this is exactly what you want, isn't it? When that came out of the hat, 
Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think so, yeah. <clears throat> I saw a tweet um, that said, is it, is it possible to be nervous, excited, and embarrassed in equal measure? I can't, <laughs> forgive me, I can't remember who put that out. It was, um, but um, that kind of sums it up, really. It's um, it's an interesting draw. It's, uh, it's certainly more exciting than anything we've had in, in recent times, but it's also a kind of a reminder of, of where Ipswich are at as a football club, as much as we're kind of excited about the direction of travel going forwards. Um, yeah, as, as a sort of a novelty fixture now is quite nice, but it's not something you want to be doing every year. And it's uh, it's something Ipswich ultimately want to get away from sooner rather than later. But all that said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this as a, as a, a different type of game. Um, you can't help but... but um, yeah, smile when you hear a lot of that stuff Kane was saying about being a proper family club, the, the financial troubles that all clubs at non-league level mm. have had in, in recent years. You kind of think, yeah, I'm pleased for them when they get a draw like that. Um, obviously, hope they don't enjoy it too much on the night. I've had, we've had our fill of of <laughs> national embarrassment, haven't we, in, in recent years? But um sounds like they're going to be up for it. Mm. You fancy German sausage, Hutchie? <laughs> That menu sounded all right, to be fair. Yeah. 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 Yes, I do. Could be an interesting night from a, a kind of your boys' point of view as well, isn't it? Press coverage wise, what what kind of facilities they're going to be. I'd imagine you're going to be going back to your, your roots covering grassroots football back in the day before you got to your, your lofty status now. We're gonna yes. Um whether we're both able to get there is a is a question, I would say. Um yeah, we didn't chuck that one in. Hopefully, Kane sort of coming on on the podcast. If we can give it, should we give him friend of the show status, and then he, <laughs> he might give us two press passes. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to we we'll have to be adaptable, flexible, mm. um, but we will get the job done. Maybe right bring then. an extension lead. Lots of extension leads, I'd imagine, uh, and maybe a security guard to mind all your stuff. Make sure no one unplugs the uh, all important extension leads, etc. Right then, friends, um, that's the FA Cup done. I hope you enjoyed that. As I say, it's a big show today. We've got another big thing to talk about, which is Derby County. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about something that happened on Tuesday night. Uh, very briefly, because we have to mention it. It's an Ipswich Town news show, after all. Ipswich Town lost at Cambridge United in the EFL Trophy uh, on Tuesday night. It's close to a dead rubber as you can get, really. They still finished top of the group. And I guess, really, the main talking points, boys, clearly, Khaled was red card and a chance to see some players that you, you wouldn't normally see. So do you want to kick us off, Stewie? Khaled was red card. Absolute nonsense, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, and, and ruined the whole game, really. Um, I say ruined. I suppose it changed the lessons that Ipswich took from it. There wasn't really anything to gain from it, obviously, in terms of result. It was a dead rubber from Ipswich's point of view, but... Ipswich went into that game naming a pretty strong side with the smattering of, of youngsters and, and the hope would have been to kind of work on the patterns of play and uh, as an attacking unit, try and work on a few things and, and going down to 10 men after 17 minutes sort of changed change that. But in, in some ways, maybe it helped some of those sort of rusty fringe players get some proper proper running in their legs. Maybe it helped some of the youngsters learn, you know, there'll be times in in proper football matches where things like that happen and now they've got a bit of an experience to to draw upon within that so but yeah in answer to your question it was um it was a ridiculous red card looking back at it why the referees made that decision from the position that he's in he's not necessarily right up on top of play it looks like he's got an obscured 
vision, you've got to be 100% sure that you're going to send someone off for mm. simulation. And I, I can't see how he is. Um, so, yeah, um, first and foremost, I'm just disappointed for Kyle, really, who looks like he's got a bit of the bit between his teeth at the moment. And that was, he'd started really well in that game. And it looked like one that he might be able to get a bit of joy in and really sort of push his case for Friday night. But, but denied, obviously. But it, important to mention, obviously, that he's only suspended in that competition, isn't he? He's not suspended yep. from from league games, so still available for tomorrow night. Hutchie, I know you love the pizza trophy. I, I love now the tradition you've got of using pizza slices for your ratings. That's really added to the uh, sense of occasion, I think. Um, what what did you make of... Well, clearly, Kyle Edwards, you're both going to have the same view. What about players um, who maybe we haven't seen a lot of? Who, who did you like on the night? Um, I like I liked all of the young the young players that... That got start. Uh, two of them got starts in there. Edwin Agbaje a, a full a debut of a debut for him. Um, to wonder Chirewa started that game really well and was really positive before the red card. But I thought I thought they both did did really well. But I think the red card impacted on on their games too because Agbaje's game is all about sort of pass and move, getting up and down, being a really attacking right back. Chirewa's role in the team looked to be sort of the number the number 10 with the license to drift and get himself <clears> on the ball in dangerous positions and just the the structure that was needed um to play with 10 men meant both of those players were just kind of held back just a little bit they both did well um mm. and should be should be really proud of how they did but i think they'd have had sort of more enjoyable nights if they'd been in a team of a, a 11 because they'd have been being able to be a bit more natural in what they in what they do um Panucci Kamara obviously uh, a debut in the second half, and I think the suggestion was that he, you know, he didn't see as much of the ball as he would have done had um, had they had eleven players on the pitch. But it was, it was good to see him finally play some some real signs of rust there from a player that hasn't played for six months. But um, I think Sonia Luko's debut against Newport um, last season has taught us a, a bit of a lesson there that um, that it's not something to get too uh, too overhyped. About mm. this, this was just a blowing, blowing out the legs exercise for him. Mm. And a home draw in the next round, boys. No one seems to know when the second round draw is, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a home draw. There's no, you, as far as I know, have you got any further update on the second round draw? It's just a mystery. It's going to land at some point. They've just done it on like a Saturday <laughs> morning, randomly in the past for, from memory, but um, no, yeah, it's slight, slightly complicated this one by, by the, the fact I don't think the group stage actually finishes until the 8th of November and it's all to do with the under 21 teams oh, not right. being able to play on necessarily on all the nights where where the rest of the teams have been able to play so there's still games going on like into the first week of November beyond the, the FA Cup game we've just been talking about so um, probably can't probably can't do the draw till after till after those unless they do kind of or either or in the draws i don't know they do what they want in this competition don't they hmm. and it, i don't suppose there's much else really needed to speak about boys um there is derby county to come there is another big section we're about to launch and it's what i like to call the hutchie section because it's hutchie's very own european trophy it's the milker cup hutchie and i believe we've got some more results haven't we yeah second legs of <laughs> second <laughs> <laughs> Second, second legs of the preliminary, the preliminary round, uh, c- coming, coming right at you. Uh, now, I'm gonna put them up on the screen and do a little dramatic reading for those for those who know or care. I feel like, 
feel like I should stand up for this when the music hits. <laughs> you do what you want, mate. If you want to, if you want to get up. So we've, second legs, Haider Limiskond of Estonia, three nil home winners over Vlajnia Škoda of Albania. That's six one on aggregate. UEFA Regions League winners, Lower Silesia from Poland. They're out, beaten 5-1 at home, 6-1 on aggregate by Trefiure of San Marino. Budoknost of uh, Montenegro, they're through against Makedonia Gocia Petrov of North Macedonia. <laughs> Stop laughing, Stu. It's a, serious, it's a serious business. I can see your little face. B36, Torshavn, Faroe Islands, they're through 5-3 aggregate victory over Floriana. Sadly, Benfica under-19s, which sound like they've become a bit of a villain of this competition. They're through 3-2 home win, 5-2 on aggregate over Athletic Tascaldes of Andorra. Surbatalo lost 3-4 at home to Viking or of Iceland. They're through 6-4. Mark, Mark's loving that. And he's also loving Lincoln Red Imps, who won on penalties after a 6-6 aggregate draw with Crusaders. Lee Caschiaro with the winning penalty there for Lincoln Red Imps. And uh, <laughs> you picked a goal. You picked a winning goal scorer. Good. Uh, yeah, I've got top scorers. Have you not? This goal have you, not heard, you obviously haven't heard the first the first rounds. Do we had every single goal scorer in the first leg? But I assume Hutchie's uh, editing for. for yeah, Redford. it's all still being recorded. Uh, <clears throat> all all of that. But uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if we needed it all on the podcast today. But it is all being recorded. We've got top scorers lists on there. Uh, and everything, um, and I've also just noticed that, that the authorities have actually filled in the final score uh, incorrectly on uh, oh, on no. the bottom one. There, it's actually the new the new Saints are through. They won seven four in aggregate against Racing FC of Luxembourg. Uh, so the Welsh the Welsh Cup winners are through to the final qualifying round. That's a big result. I'll tell you what. I was nervous about the Red Imps. When you get to Penns, it's a lottery, isn't it? But thankfully, it the, boys, the boys pulled through. Yeah. Also very pleased to see Viking Gore get through, being as I'm part Viking, clearly. Um, so what happens now then, Hutchie? Is it a preliminary round? Preliminary yeah, through to, a prelim- through, through to a final qualifying <laughs> round now, which um, the draw is actually next week. So um, We'll be bringing you that next week then, will we? Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe we might have oh, to bring no. you. Mm. We might possibly have to bring it to you afterwards. But the, the draw is being made. It's like the Papa John's Trophy. It just happens whenever it happens, and uh, and uh, there you are. But we'll, we'll do it. We'll bring it live on the podcast. Keep an eye out for that, Stewie. Um, any thoughts on that? I need to pick a team. I need to go. send me that list. I'll look back at it and I'll, I'll pick someone to really get behind. Flash it, flash it up now, Hutchie, and, and Stu can pick a, t- a side. I've pick got. One. I've got. I've got Lincoln Red Imps and Viking Or. Who do you fancy, Stewie? So uh, these are all the qualifiers still, right? There's going to be a load more teams come in. Yeah, it's it's whether you want to get in at the ground floor and pick a preliminary round side um, or whether you want to wait and see, pick from the full list of the next round, which I I can't bring you in written form now, but I can provide you with uh, maybe when I see you tomorrow. Uh, Looking at that list there, I'll have... uh... Paida Lina Miskond. Where are they from? Estonia? From Estonia, yeah. Estonia. I'll have the boys from Estonia, please. They're a good side, mate. They're a good yeah, side. They've got a couple, a couple of Yeah, they've pretty cut they've got a couple of couple of really good players. Do you remember one that used to play for Liverpool? Do you remember Ragnar Klaven, the centre back? No. 
played for Liverpool <laughs> three, three, three or four years ago. Well, he plays for Pajdalinishkod now. Um, and Andre Florov is a good player as well for them. So I'm, I'm sure you're you're right, right behind them. Mark, obviously you're a big Helgi Gudjonsson Massive. fan, aren't you? Who's uh, top in the scoring charts in the competition <clears throat> at the moment. So Are the boys at the Vikings? Of the Viking boys, shouldn't, yeah. Shouldn't Scandy Warren get sort of first dibs on? Well, he's the organizer. He can't play. Favorites. I can't. Yeah, I can't That's have. I, I can't be. Yeah, I can't be seen to have favourites. I do have my favourites, but but they will remain unsaid yeah. at this point. Um, also, we should highlight from a journalistic point of view there, Hutchie. Very sad. We're not going to get that dream reunion matchup, revenge match. Floriana against Town. Floriana mm. knocked out at the very first stage. Shame. That's, that's the way it is, isn't it? That's, that's, um, fo- that's football. That is football. That, that's, <laughs> the, that's the milker. That's what you get in the milker. Slash fictional dice game. Mate, come on. Stu, come on. I'm in. People, I'm in. People are very much into this, very connected. Doesn't sound like you're in. But it doesn't, fine. does it? Mm, okay. Doesn't really, bits, no. Bits of salt. Um, boys, speaking of salt and spice, there'd be plenty of that at Portman Road tomorrow night in front of 28,000 plus in front of the Sky Sports cameras as well, as Derby County come to town to play Ipswich Town, playing in their third change kit, designed by Sheeran. We've already discussed that. Um, but it's worthy, given they lost at the weekend. This game is now big. It's the biggest game since the last game. So let's talk about it now. I can bring Ross in, who I know has just been brushing the sleep from his eyes. Here we go. Roscoe, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Hope you're all well too. Excellent. <clears throat> want to get you in, Ross, because um, fan social is going to be moved slightly this week, given the game's on Friday night and then next week um, it's half term. We've got a game on Tuesday. There's not many of us around next week. So fan social is going to go out Monday next week. So you've got a pod at the start of next week, building up to the Port Vale game and reflecting on on Derby. Derby County then. Who wants to kick us off? Stuart Watson. Um, <laughs> this is a, a clash between two of the biggest sides in the country in terms of support and history, etc., um, it is in League One, and it's, it is at this stage of the season a really, really big, big game, isn't it? I think two of the biggest sides in the country might might be pushing it a little at the, this did juncture. You, did two you of the biggest see, sides in League One. Did you not see my piece about average crowds, Stewie? Because in terms of average support, Derby County and Ipswich Town both very much among the, the biggest sides in the country and Europe. Mark, do you know who did? I think see your piece about. Average crowds. Who? I was watching. Did you watch? Um, did you watch the club's behind-the-scenes video that they put out with Pablo Cunago about his visit to the training ground? I saw bits of it. I haven't watched the whole thing. Kieran McKenna comes bolt bowling over in the training dome, um, and uh, starts talking about yeah, yeah the attendances have been brilliant. I was reading something the other day about how like in the top twenty of uh, of, of average crowds. There we go. Of course, K Money reads it. Of course, he does. Someone, someone read it, mate. Well, that's good. So, Stu, on you go. You were saying you were just saying they're not the biggest, but they are. There we okay. go. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, the biggest game since the last game. Um, yeah, of course, it's exciting to to build up to Ipswich v Derby in League One Friday night <laughs> under the lights, t- TV um, thing. But uh, to be overcome, uh, and Ipswich need to get get back on the horse after um, you know, we'll gloss over Tuesday night. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme mm. of things, but ultimately it's a, it's a pair of one nil defeats in in the last few days, and uh, yeah, it'd be nice nice to sort of get get back at it on the 
on Friday night, hopefully. Mm. Hutchie, how are you feeling going to this one? I will say he's not with us today. Uh, Mike Bacon back off holiday. He, um, he expressed to me in a, in a it's a never brief it's never brief phone call with Mike, quite a lengthy phone call with Mike. Um, how disappointed he was that having overseen two wins while you were away, Hutchie, um, he's come back and, and seen that you've come you've come back into the side and town have lost all form and lost two in a row. Don't pin this on me. Um, <laughs> um, how am I feeling? I've, yeah, this this was a, <clears throat> one of the games from the right from the off when the fixtures came out. You looked for Ipswich Derby, didn't you? That was uh, that was one very different Derby, obviously to the one we've been used to. A lot of changes there at the moment, but a really interesting test, I think. Um, and I imagine there'll be a, a good TV audience for it. Obviously, a huge crowd. It sounds like it's probably going to be the biggest crowd of the season. Um, which will be great. And um, yeah, proper, another proper game of football, but another one that just has that slight extra bit of pressure on it, just a slight bit after what's happened in the last few days. Mm. Rossi, by way of bringing you into the conversation, what, what, how are you feeling going into this game? And also, I believe you've got some thoughts from some of the fan social guys, haven't you, as a, as a little segue into getting talking about the nitty gritty of the game. I do indeed. Um, no, I'm really excited for this one. You know, game under lights, you can't beat that at Portman Road. Um, and as Andy said, it's a proper, proper game this. Derby County coming to town, two of the big dogs in the division. Um, so hopefully it's a good game. Of course, on Sky, um, it's normally rubbish. So uh, get ready for a rubbish game, guys. But now I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. I thought On that note, by the way, I thought of Mike Turbot, who's going to shave his head at the end of the season. He made a good point, didn't he? He made a really good point about the TV thing. He said, it's it's nonsense because town play in front of cameras every week. There's always cameras there. Yeah. So to say that just because it's on Sky is different, it's not. They're, they're, they're always playing on TV. So he's, he was subscribed to your views, Hutchie, which was that there is no TV curse. It doesn't exist. Yeah, I, it's, I, it is. I think we've all known it's nonsense, haven't we? I don't, mm. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure there's anybody suggesting that there's a proper curse um, that needs to be kind of exercised that could bring in someone to do that, a shaman or something to come in and... Which would be quite entertaining, but um, they, they did that at Derby actually back in the day. When uh, what were when they? they opened, what were they trying when, to get rid of? When they opened Pride Park, they w- went on a terrible run of results at home. Um, someone's someone's just carving up a, a body outside a window there. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they had a terrible run at Pride Park, and they brought in a priest to exercise the uh, the stadium. That was one of the things they did. There we go. I believe so, that also happened at Ipswich in the Jim Magilton era when Ipswich, there's a season where Ipswich were really good away from home but struggled at home. And I think there was a period where they got someone come in to fling some holy water around on the pitch or something. I can't quite remember the story. but Let's bring that back. Yeah. I'd love to see that. That'd be great content. Um, anyway, we, let's move away from exorcisms uh, and back to the game. Roscoe, what are the, what are the, uh, the fan social guys saying? Um, well, let's start with the sweet Welsh Prince, Harvey Davis, friend of the show and all that jazz. Um, he's gone <laughs> exactly <laughs> the same as pre-Lincoln. Confident, always going to be bumps in the road, although I certainly wouldn't describe this one losing one game at home. I don't know what that means. Perfect time to bounce back, pack out PR against a promotion rival on Sky. We have a t- record is terrible, of course. Couldn't ask for a better fixture. Um, let's go to good old Ben Diaf. Uh, couldn't see anything but a tight game. My hope is our all-round quality will just be too much for the Rams. Really looking forward to virtually a full house at Porn Road under lights on TV. It's the sort of game we live for as supporters. 
and some other great thoughts as well. But I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to them. The That's two. And yep. um, we'll come back to a few more. Stewie, talk to me about Derby then as, as an opposition. They are clearly a, a, a sexy side. They've got a new manager. They've got some some big name players in that squad. What do you make of them? Ipswich have struggled against poor worn sides, haven't they, in general over recent years? Um, I think I think he probably will get Derby going eventually, but this is still early days un- under him. Um, probably is still trying to get a squad that is already probably in transition following relegation. We know ourselves, you know, first year down is it takes a little while for the penny to drop with clubs the size of Ipswich and Derby and others that. League One is is not quite what you you and supporters and everybody think it might be. So I think Derby are probably in that that phase at the moment. Squad sort of hastily put together under difficult circumstances over the summer, and now you've got a, a new manager trying to sort of put his in part his own philosophies. And I think um, he after their home defeat to Port Vale recently, sort of said, "Oh, I think some of my messages about the way I want us to play maybe didn't come across the way I wanted." and so they're, they're probably still finding their feet for various different reasons at the moment. And that just gives me hope that um, Ipswich were in, in a position to, to go and win this game on Friday night, hopefully. Mm, they'll be missing a key player, the Rams. Um, Collins up front just started scoring. is suspended now. He got sent off, I think it was against Port Vale. So he's missing three games, which one of these is this one. Um, Hutchie, they play a 3-5-1-1 under Paul Warren, Derby County. What, what are you looking at for the Rams? It sounds like it sounds very much like the early days of Paul Lambert at Ipswich to me. In from everything I've I've read and and seen, it's all very simplified, simplifying everything that they're doing on the pitch um, to try and find a way a way forward. Paul Warren's style of football at Rotherham is very distinct. We know what it's all about, and there'll be some elements of that. I'm sure the goalkeeper will be getting the ball forward quickly rather than playing out playing out from the back um that that sounds like that's already started to to happen gone a bit more direct but it it relies his style of football relies on having a certain set of players um and skill sets which i'm sure the the squad that was built and thrown together very quickly in the summer because it needed to be wasn't it wasn't built with Paul Warren in mind. Liam Rossini was much more of a footballing manager, wasn't he? He played, played more. So they're not going to have that. This isn't Paul Warren's Rotherham that's got a Hickway, Smith, Barlazer through the middle. He's got some good players in there, but it's not built for him. Um, the the one danger man that I'd be a bit worried about and sounds like he's really got going with Derby is, is Mendes Lang from the left. Um He's a proper kind of up and down player. We've seen a lot of him at Ipswich in the in the past, but it sounds like it's really starting to suit to suit him a little bit. Um, and he would he would be the danger man to to worry about. I'm looking forward to seeing Will Osula up front as well, who was um, a, a Gasan Hadme alternative on deadline day that didn't quite didn't quite kind of play out. Um, so he's he's like with Collins out, he's likely to play with Dobbin up top. So looking I was going to mention that. Yeah, seeing yeah. him because. Obviously, Collins, I think, missed the first game of suspension last week at Accrington, and Will Asula scored twice. So, interesting, interesting. Rossi, what what are you um, expecting from the Rams? As as Stu said, a, a typical poor worn sort of side. You know, we haven't got a great record against poor worn side with Rotherham, um, but of course, he's still bedding in his ideas at Derby. Um, but. It's just a big game. I know. I know. I said this already, but 
Um, it's, it is games I look forward to because, yeah, big crowd at Porn Road. Derby County, of course, they've got a lot of former town players, of course. You know, David McGordrick, I know he's not starting week in, week out. I think he came off the bench against Aquiton. Uh, of course, got Richard Sturman as well. Um, Scott Loach, but he's not playing in goal. Um, and then Connor Hurahan as well, but I think he's injured. I know he missed the Aquiton mm. game. I think I, I was listening to Paul Warren's interview pre-match and uh, I think they're still... He may not want to give too much away and Connor Hurahan may start, you never know. Um, but I think he got injury in training. So, um, but he's another good player. Um, but if he is missing, that is another bonus for town because he's a, a very good player for League One. Mm. Yeah, Hurahan's been really important for, for Derby, as you say. Potentially might miss this game. Um, Stewie, let's talk about Ipswich Town then. We've talked about Derby. Um, how do you think McKenna might attack this game? We've said that Derby, they've got some good individual players, but maybe not a very deep squad. Maybe a little bit creaky in terms of age as well. Big Curtis Davis at the back, for example. Um, how do you think McKenna will, will set out his squad in this one? Yeah, Derby's a, a strange mix, isn't it? They've got mm. sort of not, both ends of the extreme with veterans like Curtis Davis and McGoldrick and various ones, James Chester, all players in their sort of thirties, and then and then a whole load of sort of teenagers slash early twenties sort of talented youth products, but maybe not enough players that are in that sweet spot of their their mm. peak at this this moment in time. My my gut feeling is that this year won't be the one for Derby, but they'll there'll be one that sort of will be better for it next season. Um, how does McKenna approach this game? I really don't know. He'll have come up with some sort of bespoke game plan for them. Um, we're speaking to Caden Jackson um, this afternoon. He's the player up for pre-match press. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. Richard Keogh did press ahead of the last league game and, and didn't play in that. But you just wonder if if Derby play forwards a lot more. It's going to be a very different type of game to Cambridge and Lincoln coming to Portman Road. They're going to t the team that try and play a little bit more. Maybe does he look to try and sort of play almost sort of a more of a counter-attack style at home or at least give yourself an outlet there? Um, I really don't know. I thought Wes Burns was looked, we talked a lot about Wes Burns on this last um, podcast not being his usual self. I thought he looked really good when he came on second half actually on on Tuesday night, which was was good to see, but um, it's becoming difficult to pick these these Kieran McKenna teams. That's for sure. Hmm. Hutchie, pick Kieran McKenna's side. <laughs> All right then. Uh, Walton, Danassian, Wolfenden, Edmondson, Davis, Morsey, Evans, Chaplin is the ten. Burns on the right. Kyle Edwards with a sense of injustice in his boots from the left, and uh, Ladapo through the middle. Yeah, I think Kyle there we, would, there we are, be. Kieran. Yeah, I think Kyle Edwards <laughs> would be a good one for this game. He's, he's obviously relatively fresh still from midweek. Um, in form, I think pace could be important against Derby. So, uh, as you say, Caden Jackson we're talking to before the game. Is pace going to be what McKenna goes with this game? We'll find out. Um, before we get to predictions, Rossi, give us a few more thoughts from the, the KOA army. Yeah, I want to say thanks to everyone who, who sent them. Um, let's bring about good old Bainesy. Um, he said, best opportunity to beat the Sky Curse, he thinks it's a curse, and get back on the winning track. Stick with the usual team, as that's our best option at the moment. 1-0 Town will be a tough game. Um, let's bring in good old Bono. Good old Bono. Bono says, bit nervous, to be honest. Can see Derby shithousing a 1-0 win. 
and the world collapsing around us. We want to be included in the conversation about promotion contenders. These are the games we should be winning. There we go. Do you, do you now feel pressure, Ross, when you, whenever you greet anyone, that you have to call them good old? Because because you refer to everyone as good old. If you just say, all right, Stu, Stu would be like, what? Yeah. What are you doing? I'm mortally offended. So everyone's good old. What's the most cliches you can link together in a conversation as well? We had we had good old and all that jazz earlier. Um, have you ever yeah. strung three or four together in a in a conversation? Maybe my friend, maybe. My good old friend and all that jazz. We, we had a listener come up to us in the in the after we'd done our video at um at the game on Tuesday night and the lights had gone out on us. <laughs> we thought we were the only people left inside the stadium, hence the uh the Tannoy announcement um telling that was aimed very clearly at us to vacate the stadium. And then out of the depth out of the darkness, almost it felt like coming across the pitch strode someone to say Ah, the Doctor and Hutchie. We were very bemused. Bearing in mind this was now sort of, I don't know what time that was, 10 o'clock at night or something. And uh, I think it was a, an Ipswich fan who'd stayed behind for some post-match hospitality. Again, forgive me on, was, on was your it name, sir. Yes. Yes. And he, he did ask for a shout out on here. But he, the first thing he asked us was, how do I get a good old from ross what is the criteria so the people do want to know ross it is respect but now it sounds like i say it to everyone so i respect everyone it sounds like um but also some people go don't call me good old because i'm not old because i think that's one journalist said that once i was doing meet the oppo i went i'm here with good old and i think he was like bemused of like you just called me <laughs> old but it, he, he didn't know any you know the, the crack of uh me saying good old but um no i think if i just feel I'm confident enough to say it to you. You'll get it. So, yeah, Junior, good old Junior. Junior Harris, to give him his full name, he gets the, the full shout-out. Um, excellent game day, by the way, Rossi, with uh, with Ben and, and Peachy. Thanks for, for putting up with the cold boys and, and getting that done. That was tremendous. Uh, and also, if you've not watched Stu and Andy post-game, one of the best one of the best examples of professionalism you will ever see. They are, um, I, won't, I don't want to spoil it too much, but they're in the middle of the, the post-game reaction. There's a Tannoy announcement in the stadium, essentially aimed just at them. Uh, and then things start to happen around them. Um, but you plough on, boys, like the good old pros that you are. Um, good old. Good old, exactly, exactly that. And that was deliberate. Um, Stewie, by way of kicking us off with, actually, we need to go to Hutchie, don't we? Because, of course, million-pound picks um, in terms of starting predictions. Million-pound picks then, Hutchie. What, what are you feeling this week? I need your help on this one a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I want to do an over under, so I want to, I want I need you to give me. You know what an over under is, right? So you need to give me kind of the line, um, and I want to do it on how many times Ed Sheeran is mentioned in commentary. From Who's going to count this though? How are you going to? Uh, uh, <laughs> will you be Will you be watching at home? I will. Yeah, I suppose I can. Well, do there, it, yeah. well there we go. Um, <laughs> How many times Ed Sheeran is mentioned in commentary from the moment the teams come out of the tunnel until the final whistle? And I need I, what I need from you, Mark, is kind of an over/under line uh, on the number of times, and then I will I'll uh, I'll place my bet either way. I'm going to go. Uh, I mean, clearly they're wearing a special Ed Sheeran kit. That's going to get mentioned a lot. There's probably, I'd imagine, a good bet that Sheeran might be there. Um, so I'm I'm saying I'm saying twenty. 
20 times. I believe he's got a concert in Texas on uh, oh. on Saturday, from what I'm led to believe. Um, or something's going on. Hold on. Um, if, but... if there's extra info, if he's not going to be there, we know he's well, not going to be there. It, I don't know. I, I, I heard a I heard a suggestion he might be performing, doing something in America. I've, got I've no just idea. looked up his tour dates, and yeah, he's due to be in Austin, Texas, on he's... the twenty second. So, yeah, is that still not. doable? Could you? It's, could do, you... it's doable technically, isn't it? A man of his means. Hmm. I, okay, I'll base this on the fact he's not likely to be there. So I'll say in that case, I'll drop from twenty to fifteen. Okay. Um, I will go for the under on that. So, what what odds would you give me for for less fewer than fifteen mentions of Ed um, Sheeran of Ed Sheeran in commentary? Um, I'll give you I'll give you six to one to be fewer than fifteen. I'll I'll put a hundred thousand pounds on that, please. Okay, I will be counting. Obviously, as the bookmaker, I want to make sure. So, fewer than fifteen mentions, a hundred grand at six to one. Any other bets? Uh, no, I'm just that. That's it, really. That's all I'm really interested in in this it's game. The, to be to be to be quite honest, it's not, the Ed Sheeran game. Not going to go for a Janoy whiff. No. <laughs> well, he's already just, done that. He's had the you whiff. Can't, you can't just chuck a whiff around willy nilly. You've got to. I don't feel like it's close. It it kind of builds. The charge will build. Um, imagine if he whiffed on Sky. That would be brilliant. <laughs> That'd be so good, but I'd I'd enjoy that without having money on it because you can still enjoy sport, of course, without <laughs> um without gambling, without gambling on it. And um, that's the message, so, kids. Yeah, that's that's what I'd like to say to the kids. Yeah, you can't play with a pong, and you you can enjoy sport without betting on it. Um, yeah. Pachi, what's going to happen then? What's your prediction? Uh, Ipswich Town two, Derby County one. Nice, Stewie. I'm going to back them for a win in this as well. Um, yeah, I think the idea of like an Edwards Jackson, I think a bit of pace up against someone like Curtis Davis and James Chester might be their their route to success in this game. Um, I'm going to say 2-0. To 2-0. Roscoe, have we got any um, direct predictions from the KOA boys before we uh, give you yours? Yes, we have a 1-0 from good old Brad. Um, two nil from Jubster, good old Jubster. Um, Steve, let's just, let's just assume that they're good old. Otherwise, you yeah, have to yeah. say that before everyone. Yeah. You can't be allowed on the pod. Surely, you don't let anybody on your podcast, the fan social podcast, who's not a good old. Surely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyone's good old. Good old Mark Keith. Good old Annie Warren. Good old Stuart Watson. Anyway, um, but yeah, Steve's gone for a three-one Derby win, so he, he's not he's not happy. Um, and good old Matt Macon's gone two-one. <laughs> Sorry, can't help yourself, can you? (laughs) So we've got we've got a we've got mostly wins and a a three-one derby. Who is that? Steve Wallace. Yes, the man from Devon. Not feeling confident. What what about you then, good old Ross? What do you think is going to (laughs) happen? I'm not good old Ross. Never. Yes, you Uh, are. Okay, thank you, thank you. I've got two predictions here. Mm-hmm. That's not allowed. <laughs> but I'm going for... loss. <laughs> yeah. Ross. No, I'm going for a goalless draw for a town one nil win. Um, so I'll take either of those. Okay. So you're saying town will either win or draw? Yes. <laughs> I mean that is that is two of the three actual options in the game. But there we go. Yeah. Um uh, I'm, I'm, Yeah, we'll remember that. Um so both Stu and Andy are saying win. Roscoe saying win or draw. 
I'm going to say, I think a draw. Maybe a feeling for a draw. And I'd also like to say, I think it's important to say, I've noticed on a lot of the game day stuff, people referring to Derby County as Mark Heath's Derby County. Um, I'm not I'm not Frank Lampard. I'm not Wayne Rooney. Uh, Derby County were my boyhood side, are my boyhood side. I have a lot of family connections there, as I've, as I've discussed. But friends, trust me, on Friday night, there's only one winner that I want. Uh, they dead to you. They're not dead to me. Obviously, I'm always interested. But after, what is it? <laughs> When did I move here? Almost 30 years of living in Suffolk um, and following Ipswich Town and doing it professionally as well. Trust me, I want the boys in black to win on Friday and I want them to win in style. Um, but I think it, I think it's going to be a draw. Before we go, by way of exiting the podcast with a bit of fun, let's play what shirt is hanging up behind Andy Warren over his right-hand <laughs> shoulder. It's a, it's a pure red shirt. It looks like it has pure as part of the sponsor as well. Stewie, in the green room, while we're waiting for, for Kane to join us, you, you said you knew it. No, I didn't. No, this is, did. this is this is classic you, isn't it? You take a little crumb and a little seed and you grow it into something else. Like you I said, said the other week, that if, Ipswich, that... I, if I said if Ipswich got a, a non, non-league club, I thought I said that they would, I can't remember the phrase, that they would negotiate, they'd yeah. negotiate it quite quite comfortably and then as soon as that draw came out I got a text saying you've already guaranteed that they're going to smash them <laughs> and uh, I said I think I, I've got a, I said I think I might have an in, a gut feeling of what sort of area of the world this kit might come from ah that's right I remember that um, which can I guess I what could I guess what you're going to say go on because is it is the little sponsor logo up on the shoulder there making you think it's Scandi no, I was going no? to say Eastern Europe. I was going to say Polish, Ooh. something like that. That was kind of where I was going. But now because that it... sponsor has thrown me a little bit. Pure energy. Is it French? No. I mean, Poland's. you go Poland because it's red and white, I guess. Um, Roscoe, is any thoughts? A, is it a goalkeeper kit or a no, normal No, it's kit. a home okay. a long, a long-sleeved, a long-sleeved outfielder's home kit of this team. It looks cheap. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry. Kill, this kill a blow. Yeah. It well, is made think... by, a, by a manufacturer that you've probably never heard of. But... It's coming in. It's oh. red for those listening with white logos. It's made by Kicks 21. Never heard yeah. of them. That the sounds like, that is sounds pure like, energy. Oh, that sounds like then some American. foreign writing underneath. That sounds like an American sponsor. What is that? Or like a unicorn or a horse? <laughs> That also looks like quite an American badge, if you don't mind me saying. It's not American, is it, Hutchie? I don't mind you saying it, but no, it's not. So it's a horse rearing up and its tail is on fire. And what was the year? 1960-something. Is it Dutch? Uh, it is Dutch. De Grinsterstroom. Um Hercules. No, no. No. It's a good guess. The Flaming Ponies. Oh. <laughs> Oh, FC20. Oh, oh. There we go. Oh, it must be a very old one then because they've got a different badge now, haven't they? No, it's only a couple of years old. Oh, Cheap. Okay. Cheap. It's actually, it's, actually very, it's actually very good quality. The Is whole, it? The whole there thing. There we go. Yeah. Give you some more pure energy on the back. What do, what do, what do Kicks 21 do other than make football shirts? It sounds like street, you should be involved in streetwear. Ah. There's okay. a lot of this going around. There's a streetwear brand called Frankie. Frankie Garage, I think, who uh, have started making some in Italy as well. New players I, I in did, the game. 
I did accuse you, didn't I, when we first saw that in the green room beforehand, that I thought you'd gone out and got yourself a Bracknell shirt <laughs> just to impress our guest earlier. Oh, look, I love Bracknell. That would have been a nice Oh, what's that over my shoulder? <laughs> oh, oh. I wish I'd remembered that you guaranteed a smashing, Stu. I'd have brought that up with Kane. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly thought you were going to do that. Hi, this is Stuart Watson, uh, one of our Ipswich Town writers. He says that Ipswich is going to smash your boys to pieces. He's, yeah, exactly. Okay. Right then, friends. Uh, any other business before I do the usual um, shambolic outro, boys? We've, we've done, we've covered a lot of ground today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, a lot of things discussed, broken down. I very much enjoyed the chat with Kane. Uh, any other business, boys? No other business. No other business. Oh, are we all caught up on House of the Dragon yet? Yes. Good, isn't it? I want um, Cameron Burgess to wear the the mask that the Viserys. king wears. Yeah, yeah. The golden half Phantom of the Opera mask. That looked great. Mm. Also, uh, I don't know if any of you will, will care about this, but I cannot look at um, the Queen, you know, the Queen's Guard bloke, Sir Kristen. Yep. It's just Carlos Sainz from Formula One racing. <laughs> he is the spitting image of Ferrari driver Carlos Sainz. He's, he's also... Now... Carry on. I just now pretend that he's Spanish it's my own, my own, for my own little fun. He's also the only one that's not aged at all in the in, in the entire show. He's, he's obviously on some very good uh, skincare regime, is Sir Christin. Uh, mostly driven by rage and jealousy, by the, mm. by the look of it. Didn't need to... Didn't need to kill that guy this week. It's a bit over the top, um, on it, that? Unne- some unnecessary killings on his behalf going yeah. forward, at, going from here. Not a, not a nice man. Anyway, um, I enjoyed it very much. It's, it's getting really good. And I think it's the finale, isn't it? Season finale next week. So given that on Game of Thrones, the one before the season finale was normally the bloody gory one, I'd imagine that maybe they're going to start a new trend of the season finale now being the one where shit hits the fan, body the body count rises. Is the idea, is this, is like House of the Dragon, is this self-contained in this? Or is there going to be like five series of House of the Dragon? From I think they're going to, I think they're going to take it, I think they're going to take it all the way. Um, because clearly this is obviously a couple of hundred years before Daenerys Targaryen was born. And it, it's charting the, the downfall, isn't it, of the Targaryen mm. dynasty. Um, but I think we're going to get, as oh, here we go. Stu's Hello. got the book. Is this the book? So, Yeah. He gave up writing the actual Game of Thrones, continuing with those. These are like the prequels to the Targaryen, this is so boring, the Targaryen sort of dynasty. This is part one. So this is part two. So there's there's plenty to get stuck into. I believe several series oh, wow. of this have been signed off. They're also, by the, they're also, by the way, in news that will interest your wife, Stuart Watson, have you seen they're bringing Jon Snow back? They're doing a, a post-Game of Thrones sequel. Mm. Called Snow, which follows the uh, the hero of the piece, as it were. So hopefully that won't be. Uh... There's a lot of cash to be made in this world for them, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, and as long as it keeps making some quite good TV along the way, then uh, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm really enjoying it, Rossi. I, I gather you're by your silence thus far. You're not really a uh, Game of Thrones slash House of the Dragon sort of guy. No, I, I should be because so many people I know watch it, but um, just never got around to it. You shouldn't, mate. Don't feel like you have, don't have to. to. Don't, no, no. I, I don't watched Breaking Bad six months ago. Yeah. Everyone else, everyone's been saying to me for like five or six years, what, what, you haven't watched Breaking Bad? No, I haven't watched Breaking Bad. Have but you finished have. it now? And yeah. did it 
I always worry if I'm really late to the party on stuff like that, that there's so much hype around it, it's never going to live up to that. You just be like, eh, that was all right. Was that your I reaction? I really liked it. No, I, I, no, I, no, I really liked it. it. It's not. It hasn't surpassed Sopranos for me. Um, in in terms of that those series, but I, I did really enjoy it. It's an, it's kind of a, a top tier. It's definitely made it into, would make it into the, the sort of the Premier League of of that kind of stuff. I've still got I've still got the wire to watch. That's I've been meaning to watch that for a decade. Um I've got I've got like a boxed up DVD of it behind behind my TV still in the plastic, which I now clearly don't need because I can just watch it through my television. That's how long I've been meaning to watch it. That's like the holy trinity for me. You got the Sopranos, you've got the wire and you've got Breaking Bad. I mean I would put Breaking Bad at the top. I think that's as close to perfect as you can get in a TV series, particularly the ending. Um whereas the other two maybe the endings let them down um but yeah and game of thrones would have been right up there until that final series which i'm just trying to pretend never happened and, and pleasingly with house of the dragon it's kind of helping me forget that so there we go that's um that's tv choice for this week friends um roscoe ironically when you say you're not interested in game of thrones you're actually the one who out of all of us who looks most like you should be on one of those sort of shows i can see you as a as a knight yeah you've got the, you've got the sure. facial hair i reckon i reckon you'd I reckon you'd be looking good in that that particular setting, Sir Sir Ross of of House Halls. <laughs> good good old Ross. Good old. <laughs> Ed Sheeran was in Game of Thrones, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, yeah that was that was that, horribly contrived. Wasn't that it? that didn't need to happen. Mm, no, no. Um, anyway, we're digressing, boys. A bit of, a bit of TV there and shirt guessing to round off what's been a very busy show indeed. Um, Please support our sponsors. Use the code COA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery, all the excellent stuff they've got there. Thank you, Rossi. Uh, and also follow us across all our social medias, Kings of Angler on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and leave us a five-star review. Um, we got a couple of them off the back of last week's show, which is really nice. Really good to get some feedback uh, and boost our fragile ego, egos, which particularly in my case, need quite a lot of stroking. Um, will egos be stroked at Portman Road tomorrow night on TV? We will find out. Um, today we've covered a lot of ground. We've spoken to the owner of Bracknell Town ahead of that FA Cup game. We've also brought you Milka Cup results. And obviously there we've taken the time to break down Derby County. All the boys will be there tomorrow. Follow it with us. Obviously you'll be watching it if you can't be there. And we'll be back next week. Although I'm not entirely sure what time next week because it's half term and hardly any of us are around. Um, there will be a fan social on Monday uh, and hopefully there'll be a proper flagship KOA in the middle of the week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow. And we'll speak to you again next time.